Welcome to the Harbor Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information, visit us online at www.theharborli.com. So, um, no, we, we just want to talk about um, having a marriage that lasts. And, uh, and there's a lot of things that you have to do in a marriage that lasts that's intentional, that, that it doesn't just happen. And, um, you know, you guys have been in this long enough to where you went through seasons of, um, you know, newborn kids, toddlers, teenagers. Now you've got kids that are uh, married and getting married. And so um, your life has changed rapidly in the last several years. And, um, and I, I picked out five areas, and there's probably 500, but five areas I thought that might be good conversation about um, how to have a marriage that lasts. And so I'm going to ask you guys questions about them to comment on them. And um, you can move a little closer to me if you want. If you, I don't know if you feel comfortable or not. But so you just seem like you're so on that, that nice uh, you're far, over there. far away over there. Um, so um, uh, number one, I want to talk about the issue of establishing boundaries. Establishing boundaries. And so um, in Genesis 2, uh, it says, that, So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep, and while the man slept, the Lord God took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib, and he brought her to the man. At last, the, the man exclaimed, this one is bone from my bone and flesh of my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken from man. And this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. And the thing about the scripture that's, that's really interesting is it not only describes uh, the birth of their relationship um, as husband and wife, but it also describes the fact that their relationship with others is going to be a little different. Can you talk to me about boundaries that you guys have set up in your life that, that have helped you in these 33 years of marriage? Well, I think the first boundary is when you come into marriage and you're entering into a vow or a covenant before God in the presence of God. You know, people think today it's almost like a contract, right? But so the first boundary is now you've entered into that stage in your life where two become one. Uh, I think the second thing is that, you know, us being so active in church for so many years, um, people put church before their family, before their wife. And, and we've always said that, you know, ultimately, you know, it's, it's God. It's, it's, it's my wife, it's my kids, and then church and, and everything else, really, right? When I, I really feel that when I stand before God, and I mean this 100%, when I stand before God at the end of my days, he's not going to say, hey, were you a good elder, and you, did you do this, and I've gifted you in these areas. He's going to say, number one, did you love your wife? And number two, did you raise, you know, your children? I'm not, we're not perfect parents, but did you raise them to the best of your ability according to the word of God? Those are my boundaries. That's good boundaries. Um, and for, for us, even personally, the two of us setting our boundaries is, um, is sometimes more practical because I know that I can trust my husband, but it's not just I trust him because I just trust him. He travels at times during the week. He goes away. And some, some men, go, they go out every day, and they're out there in the world. And my husband has expressed to me many times that um, he behaves a certain way, a good way, when he's away from me to honor me. And he has reinforced that concept to me in many, many different ways so that I know that when he's out there, even if things approach him that are not good situations, I know that he's, he's got our relationship in the center of his thoughts. And, um, and it's really made me feel safe because I feel that when he goes out there, we're protected. He's protecting our marriage.
language, and that has made me feel so secure, and uh, I love and respect him for that because I know it's not easy for the men out there. So. And how do you, um, what kind of boundaries do you guys put in place to keep uh, this relationship sacred? Or I mean, like, um, even with other people, with, with coworkers, with family, um, you know, it, it, like you mentioned that, you know, we, we can put a lot of our attention into the kids, but the reality is, is that if this isn't good, what was the illustration you used in the first service about the uh, flying in the airplane? Yeah, we've heard this said that um, if when you sit to take off in an airplane, they're going to go through the whole safety protocol. And they tell you that when those, those masks come down for oxygen, if you lose pressure in the cabin, to put the oxygen on your face. But if you're with a child, they tell you, put it on yourself first and then put it on the child, which seems so backwards because we never think, take care of me before my child. But the thing is, if I lose consciousness, what good am I to my child? If they, um, they need me, they don't know how to do this. So it's the same with marriage. Being um, husband, wife, well in front of your children is really like taking care of this first so that you set that example for your kids and you show them how to love well, how to be humble, how to serve each other. And when they see that, they bring that to their future relationships as well. So we need to guard this, and then the fruit of that is manifested in our, in our children. So we guard our marriage that way. And the thing is, if you don't establish boundaries either someone else or something else will, right? So true. it's so true. Um, okay, the second thing I want to talk about, is, and, and this is kind of lacking in our society today, and that's making a deep commitment to one another because there's times where in the midst of uh, a, a difficult season, you might not have the feeling or the emotion of love, but th the commitment is what keeps you anchored to the relationship. And um, Matthew 19 uh, says, haven't you read... The scriptures about creation, Jesus replied, the creator made us male and female from the very beginning. And for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and live with his wife and the two will become one flesh. From then on, they are no longer two, but united as one. So what God unites, let no one divide. And so there are times that you have to fight for your marriage. There are times that you have to be intentional for your marriage. And uh, um, I want to uh, and, and, and there are times that you want to give up and you can't give up. You, you, it's not an option. So I want to talk about um, what that means to have a deep commitment to this. Uh, you've had to have a deep commitment to be married 33 years. Um, and can you talk about that a little bit? Well, we already talked about making that vow. So when Ma Mary and I went, um, you know, decided to get married, we realized that divorce number one wasn't an option for us. But I think like you said, within that, um, it's not just about struggling or surviving in a marriage. And, you know, I, I hear stories from people. It's like, well, the kids are gone, and um, now we're like, we're like friends, like brothers and sisters. We don't, and, and, and we've told our kids, you know, as they've grown up, that we need to have time with, with mom and dad because, you know, when you guys are out of the house, you know, it's just me and her, really, right? So the commitment, and we love our kids, and I think our kids, uh, I think they're all here, they're here this morning, actually, so... They understand how much we love them, but, but we need to put that relationship, the commitment between us, because that's, it's eternal, really, for that matter, really, right? Yeah, and the commitment to, um, to me, you know, when we stand at the, um, the altar and we give our vows, and we say in sickness and in health and in good times and bad, um, we don't really know what we're in for and what's ahead, 
but we're preloaded, really. We're saying that we're going to make this commitment to this. But, but in reality, uh, bad times could, could just be like you're bickering or you're, it doesn't mean um, lightning is striking. It could be the daily things that, that um, we have to pre be preloaded to say, I'm committed to the health, not just to this person, but to that the health of this relationship. And that would mean that my behavior has to line up with God's word. And when that behavior lines up, you're literally making a commitment to that relationship, saying, I value you, you're important to me, and I'm committed to um, really your well-being. And when he does that for me, I feel the commitment that we have becomes so strong is like a partnership, and I call it like we're partnering towards eternity together. There's no end of us unless we either of us leave. So we are on a journey towards eternity, and the commitment is to go out well and healthy, and that takes a tremendous amount Can of work. One, just one statement to that. Just for you guys, we're, we're all at different stages of our marriage, and every marriage has seasons, right? So don't look past the season that you're in this morning. Or maybe I'm speaking to somebody because every season has challenges. And don't look past the thing of like, I'm in this season right now, and this is where I'm going to be. If I could just get to that next season, just embrace the season that you're in with God's help and, and, and work on that relationship. That's good. That's really good. Uh, the third thing today I want to look at is um, fulfilling your responsibilities because um, – Paul said this in Timothy. He said, for if a believer fails to provide for their own relatives when they are in need, they have compromised their convictions of faith and need to be corrected, for they are living worse than the unbelievers. And so I, uh, I shared this in the first service. I remember back about 15 years ago meeting with a gentleman who couldn't keep a job because he, he always knew more than everyone else and he couldn't, couldn't keep a job. And he was literally laying at home every day um, and his wife was out working, and he was miserable. He was, you know, <laughs> just rudderless. And, um, and I remember um, we were at the diner, and he's, he wanted a, a real spiritual answer from me. And he, was, he goes, look, Pastor, what would the Lord speak to you to tell me, you know, because we're having struggles. And I gave him the most spiritual answer I could think of. I looked at him, and I said, well, brother, um, you need to get off the couch and go get a job. <coughs> and... Uh, and they left the church, but, but, but it was the right answer. And, uh, and, and, uh, so, uh, you know, there's responsibilities, um, that we have towards one another. There's physical needs, there's emotional needs or spiritual needs. And when we don't fulfill those responsibilities, that's when we run into trouble. So can you speak to the, to fulfilling those responsibilities? You, you said something really good in the first service too about that. I don't know if you can remember it, but we'll start with you, Mayor. Um, how important it is is it for you that he fulfills his responsibilities um, to cover you and uh, anything you want to share on that? Um, from my point of view, you're saying, um, need, I, I just feel that, um, you know, women are our thinkers and we think we know a lot, but I remember the area that I, I knew that his greatest need was in the department of respect and honor. And um, my definition of that was very different, I think, or not quite the same as his definition of it. So here I am thinking I'm this very respectful, very honoring wife. And I was to some degree, but <clears throat> we were still struggling in areas where he was reacting as if I had disrespected him. And I was clueless. And I really encourage every wife, study your husband, study um, and learn about men so that when it comes to situations where you don't understand, um, you can do it better. So we had some hard conversations 
and we, we had to deal with the areas that he didn't feel respected. And I've, I found it so confusing until I honestly heard him share my, his heart to me. And I realized that sometimes the way I questioned him, maybe the tone of my voice or things like little tweaks I needed to make, he was feeling I was saying, you can't do this or you don't know how to do this or you're going to fail in this. And I was not saying that, but I had to learn to, to meet that need in him to, to not speak that way. And it raised him up. And so I began to see a change in our relationship because I learned what he needed in that particular area. And we do that in many areas to improve our relationship. Yeah, and I think that men in general, you know, we think immediately that we're, you know, our main responsibility is to provide for our family and, and for our wife. And I believe that, according to the Bible, that I am the head of my house, but it doesn't mean I'm the boss. It means that the, the buck stops with me. It's got to stop with somebody. But my greatest responsibility is really, as, a, as an, an every husband is, to cover their wife and to give them a place of security and safety. And if I haven't done that, and it's, n and I, I won't, it's not like I'm saying it's easy. I am not a woman. My brain doesn't go in that, that, that kind of train of thought with mm -hmm. let's talk for 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. It's not natural to me to have those emotional conversations. But if I'm not doing that, if not, I'm not humbling myself or dwelling in understanding with my wife, then the rest of it really it doesn't really matter all that much. And I'll just say, when he does that, I feel very loved. And it just, you know, a woman can bloom when she's just understood. That's great. Um, the next one, um, building companionship, building companionship. And the key word is building because it doesn't just happen. In other words, companionship, it, uh, when you look at the definition of it, it means fellowship. You know, how do you keep the home fires burning? How do you keep that, that relationship, uh, alive? And in Ecclesiastes four, in the message paraphrase, it says, it's better to have a partner than to go it alone, share the work, share the wealth. And if one falls down, the other helps. But if there's no one to help, tough. Two in a bed warm each other. Alone, you shiver all night. <laughs> so talk to us about uh, the process of building fellowship, companionship with one another. I mean, it doesn't just happen. No, and again, seasons take you in different places. Um, but we, we married our wives, those of us who are married here, for a reason. Right, might have been physical attraction to begin with, but at a certain point, you realize you love this person, and you want to spend the rest of your life with that person. Uh, but things start changing because of kids and busyness, job job switches, whatever it might be. But but as you start to find things, common points again, and revisit things we could do together. We really didn't. We were so busy with kids that we, for the longest time, we didn't travel. Right, or if we did, we'd go to um, uh, we'd go to like a you know like a tropical type of place. But you know, I travel a lot with work. And I see a lot of places, but it's usually three days and I'm in a hotel room or something. But we said it about five years ago that we said, let's start seeing this country together. And so we developed a love of hiking and doing different things. And so we've, there's some other things that we continue to make common ground that, that continue to build upon the companionship. Yeah, and um, the number one, one of the number one needs for men is they want a buddy, you know. And I know that sounds crazy, but they like someone to do something with. So whatever that is, you know, just try to join their world, you know, have an interest in it. They love that. But the one thing that we do together that is not like an activity like that 
is, is, is prayer. And, and we find that that time in prayer on a regular basis is so significant in our relationship because even if we don't go on a date, which you really need to work into your schedule, yes. be deliberate about that, um, you, you need to s set a time to pray together. And that's where these amazing conversations can just flow out of and you feel closer. But, but couples that pray together, they said that their success in marriage and happiness and satisfaction go up here, even if you have outside challenges. So praying together, praying over each other, thanking God out loud to each other, blessing each other. Making time to pray with, though, not just for. Right, not just for, not just for needs, but actually over your spouse. God bless them, bless them with wisdom for their job. Those things, you, you come out of those, those prayer times, it could be five minutes, you feel like, wow, we connected, I feel good, and it just enriches your relationship. That's awesome. Good stuff. <laughs> and lastly, um, I want to kind of focus on 1 Corinthians 13. Um, and I'm calling this one love by showing because you can say all day long, I love you, but if you don't show it, it means nothing, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, I want to read this out of the Passion Translation. M most of us know it in another, in another wording, but I, I think it's worded so well. It says, love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. Love does not brag about one's achievements, nor inflates its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame or in disrespect, nor selfishly seeks its own honor. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter, for it never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as a defeat, for it never gives up. And can you, can you just speak to that issue as our band comes up at this point um, of love by showing? Yeah, I, I think we shared this in the first service too. You know, men again are doers so many times and we uh, think that we show love by providing for a family and being there, protection, et cetera. But uh, there was a time we went through a, a tough stretch in our marriage, uh, a challenge. And um, my wife was feeling insecure and she, she, she made a comment to me that still rings to me, and she said, I, I feel you're going to leave me. And to me, my man head is like, man, I made a covenant to, to God with you all these years ago. I will never leave you. I would, take, I would die for you. She said, I don't, you know. And I said, I'd take a bullet for you. And she said, then why, if, that, if what you say is true, you won't have an emotional conversation with me? Why won't you lend understanding to me? And it wrecked me, and that, and and that's how we, you know, for me again, I'm, <laughs> I'm half Sicilian. I am no perfect man, okay, but that is for me, God's working humility and understanding in me as I grow. My waistlines grow, grow bigger as we get along, but hopefully my shoulders and my my brain has grown too as well. But is demonstrating love through humility and putting down my pride. Yeah, and I find that. Um my biggest prayer is that I would know God more and love him more. And that first love with the Lord is what fills you. And then it flows between the two of you. And if I can love God well and deeply and really have that connection, I know that I can love my husband in a way that Marianne can't. 
And that is what controls my actions when I'm feeling weary or tired or hurt or frustrated. The love that I have for God and wanting to live with him flowing through me, that Corinthians like we just read, um, it flows much easier because I care about how who he is. And if he is love and he's filling me, I can be love to my husband. So that the root of loving well is loving God well and getting to know God well and making the time with your God. And then the rest starts to be a manifestation of that love relationship. So that has been our key big time in all things. So what is the next 33 years going to look like? It's, it's, it's vague for maybe you to hear it, but for us, it's significant. Um, we so are sold out to whatever God has for us. And um, our vision is kind of filled with excitement and anticipation. We just started the marriage ministry here, but it, we know it's bigger than that because God always does exceedingly above anything we could think of or ask. And it doesn't mean it's going to be large. It's just when it's God, it's always bigger than we think, and we want to be part of whatever he's doing and maybe travel to a few more places. So, <laughs> um, I would just say again, you need to have a vision for your marriage just as well as you need to have a vision for your life. But I think, um, Pastor Mike, I mean, what we are open to right now is that we just want to know what God wants for us as we walk forward. We're moving forward, but we want to allow God to just steer the ship. So that's what we're seeing and wanting. And we want our love to grow. By the time we're done, it has to be, it has to be greater than when we started. And that's where we're heading, and we that's know really we're good. going there. We feel it already. It's good. That's really good. Uh, you guys are awesome, and uh, I appreciate you guys being so vulnerable and, and being real. And uh, what I'd like to do at this point, I'd like to, we're just going to stand. We're going to just uh, worship for just a minute. But before we do that, I th thought it would be a good idea just to pray um, over our um, everyone that's here. Now, in, in this crowd, there's people represented that are married, that are happily married, that are that are struggling. There's people that have had marriages that have failed, and they're here, and they're hurting, and they're, they're, they're feeling like there's no hope, that there's never going to be another opportunity, um, you know, and every, and just imagine all the different people that are here today. Would you pray a blessing over the folks that are here today, and uh, I'm going to turn it over to you, Vinny, and then Marianne will finish up with it. Would you guys just, just if you feel, just open your, just to receive, really. God is here right now. The Holy Spirit is here. We welcome them in. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we speak life to each couple here this morning and those who are getting ready to enter into marriage. We speak life. We speak your destiny, oh God. God, I pray that you would breathe just like you have breathed into the, uh, the disciples, oh Lord, the breath of life before you ascended and given them charge. God, that these marriages in this place, that, that the harbor would stand for amazing marriages and that we would be a light and a harbor to those that are searching and hurting god i pray that you would work on these hearts lord to bring humbleness lord god where it needs to happen to bring leadership where it needs to happen god to bring understanding and communication where it needs to happen lord you see these hands and hearts raised lord we speak life over them this morning and commit them to you in jesus name and god in the name of jesus we pray um for everyone who is not married yet, that, Father God, your will would be known by them because you have your best for them, God. And it is, 
is something that's in your heart already. So I pray as they wait that they look for the qualities in their mate that would be um, makings for a wonderful life with you right in the center, that you would bless their time of waiting and that they would trust you for the end result. And for those that have been hurt in marriages, I pray for healing for their hearts. I pray for restoration and that, God, you would encourage them to know that you are unfailing, even though maybe a person disappointed them, and that you are the God that heals the brokenhearted and sets the captive free. So for everybody in this room, I know there's something for them from, from you today, and I pray you bestow it upon them now in the name of Jesus. Amen. How many enjoyed that today? Wasn't that great? Thank you, Vinnie Marianne. You guys are awesome. Thanks for listening to today's message. If you would like to take the next step in your relationship with Jesus today, visit us online at www.theharborli.com backslash next step.